Hello everyone and welcome to Synesthesia, a podcast about the creatives who shape the aesthetics of music. We chat to the artists behind the record sleeves, videos, photo shoots and stylings of the freshest new sounds, exploring how contemporary culture, fashion, illustration and design reflect and enhance the musical experience. Music has always been our passion and remains an integral part of our lives. That's why we decided to put together this podcast, which we called Synesthesia, because we perceive music not only with our ears, but also with our eyes. Synesthesia, the artist behind the artist. Hi everyone and welcome to the episode 14. Actually, this is not the episode 14. This is the second half of the episode 13. I am Enrico and I am still with uh, the one and only Samutaro, denim expert and master of uh, contemporary culture, fashion and all the things we love here at Synesthesia. Sam and I are in the middle of a journey about the the history of denim in music. We kicked off from San Francisco, where jeans were patented in 1873. Then we fast forwarded to the 50s, talking about the very first denim jacket pulled off by Elvis. And then we traveled across America, the United Kingdom, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And the last thing we talked about in the previous episode was punk, the movement we all know that happened in mostly New York City and London at the end of the 70s. So we are leaving the 70s now and we are entering the fantasy world, the kingdom, the wonderland of the 80s. In the 80s we see punk slowly fading into new wave and post-punk and a new generation of African-American kids who are experimenting with the breaks, elevating in funk into a brand new genre, hip-hop. So many artists to mention here. We will focus on a photo shoot that featured two of the greatest rap acts of that time together, Run DMC and Beastie Boys. Jeans are straight, getting slightly baggier and matched exclusively with Adidas sneakers, possibly superstars or high tops. Sam, I hope you are still with us. Yeah, I'm still here and I'm excited to do the next part. Yeah, this is like uh, we are reaching peak denim culture in music. I I just watched Spike Jones play basically about the Beastie Boys on Apple TV and they talked about this photo shoot because Run DMC and Beastie Boys tour together. Can you describe it and tell us what's so special about it? I guess yeah this was an era where denim was really kind of like taking shape as part of the streetwear culture that was happening at the time and that whole kind of like rise of hip-hop. As you mentioned before Run DMC they were kind of like typically known I guess for wearing like their Adidas tracksuits but alongside that denim was definitely something that was really kind of prevalent at the time and they were kind of mixing like track tops with jeans and as you can see from the fits that they're wearing here like some of them they kind of range from slim straight to the other ones they've got more kind of tapered fits and that's the tapered fits definitely something that was very kind of typical of the 80s era around this time as well I think denim really found its place through b-boy culture that was sort of happening at the time Um, if anyone hasn't ever read the book you should check out um, Jamal Shabazz Um, he did a book called Back in the Day and he basically shot all of the 
the kids from around New York and the whole kind of like expressive style that was sort of happening through the emergence of hip hop at this time. The looks that the guys are wearing here, they're washed denim, but a lot of the guys were actually wearing raw denim at the time as well. Because I guess it was like this new era of like this flashy style and a lot of them were wearing sports that, sports where they wanted to wear denim that kind of like matched that style. I guess for the Beastie Boys, because where they kind of like crossed over with like the, the rock influences, they might have gone more for faded looks. But definitely at this time, like raw denim was a big look as well. And there are images of Run DMC wearing raw denim at this time as well. I love the, the mix as well of the Kangol. Um, you've got the superstars in there and the bucket hats. Like this is so signature for the 80s. It's signature and also it's the first time we are seeing jeans getting baggier matched with the hoodies. I can't recall any other mainstream artists with this style before Beastie Boys and Randy MC. No, they're definitely, yeah, this was sort of the what was about to kind of like happen in the 90s. You can definitely see yeah, the looser kind of fits and what it would kind of lead to in the next decade of which we'll talk about after this, I'm sure. We will see dramatically baggier looks in the 90s, definitely. But now let's stick to the 80s because if that was the look in rap music, so in the underground scene, even though Beastie Boys and Run DMC were still pretty mainstream, in pop music we have two iconic covers. I mean, we couldn't do an episode on the history of enemy music without mentioning Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA, the ultimate denim record sleeve. Born in the USA, that's one of the ultimate kind of like record sleeves for denim, I'd say. Having those classic Levi's 501s there, I've actually got the same pair of jeans as what he's wearing, and they're my favorite pair that I have in my wardrobe that I wear all the time, a pair of 501s that's from that era. And um, they're selvage jeans, um, so woven on like the classic shuttle looms, but they came at a time when Levi's was moving from Big E to Little E, so it's quite a unique time to have a pair of Selvage jeans from that era. But I love the all-American kind of style, because he's got the flag in the background, and jeans themselves are such like a quintessentially American item as well, like they're as American as American pie. Another detail that I really love from this cover as well is the belt that he's got on, concho kind of belt, and I think that's inspired by like Southwestern kind of like American style. Those kind of like particular belts are like so sought after today. There's a lot of Japanese brands who kind of like replicate them. Capital, who I'd mentioned in a previous episode, they've kind of like taken that kind of signature studding and they're starting to do it on jeans. Yeah, it's such an iconic look and it doesn't need anything else. He's got the jeans, the amazing belt and a white t-shirt and then just the, the cap tucked in the back and it's just an iconic look. Can we call it a cowboy look or just a worker's man look? If you look at kind of like denim across like the whole, it's definitely influenced by kind of like cowboy culture. Like they've got the beautiful kind of like fades on those jeans and especially like the, the belt with that kind of like Southwestern attitude. But I think by this point, denim, has evolved so far from the point of where cowboy culture like in the 1930s was at its peak and even like workwear now denim's got to the point where it's just this american staple that's worn by everyone probably from like presidents to rock stars the, the kind of average man so that's why i kind of say that jeans just become this kind of um, symbolic kind of like style for um, american style yes and bruce springsteen is possibly the most representative american rock and roll artist the title itself says it doesn't it born in the usa and you've got the pair of blue jeans on the cover there and it kind of just hammers home how much of a quintessential american item they are yeah you can't get more american than that we are in the 80s we are in america new jersey every time i mention new jersey i can't help thinking about tony soprano and the sopranos i don't know if you've watched them sam uh, i haven't watched all of them i've definitely watched quite a few of them every now and then i re-watch episodes it's just the, the 
greatest TV show of all time. So yes, Bruce Springsteen, New Jersey, The Sopranos, that's what's happening in my mind right now. But we need to go back to denim and music. And we need to talk about the end of the 80s with the second Summer of Love. In the first episode, we talked about the first, 1967, San Francisco. Now we are in 1989 in the UK. And we need to talk about a denim item we haven't mentioned yet, the overall. Here we have, yeah, Ast House, that whole movement. Fashion here, I think, was just important. It's sort of like the, the tunes that were kind of powering these like ecstasy-fueled parties. I think, yeah, one of the classic kind of looks is the, the denim overalls. If you see the old kind of footage of people with these raves back then, they were in these super kind of baggy overalls and had a baggy t-shirt as well, like usually a bucket hat and like print of like a smiley face on it as well. What's interesting about these, I guess, it's like denim overalls, they're typically kind of like associated with like workwear and like dust bowl kind of like Americana, but here the guys are wearing it in a completely new way. I guess they were wearing these super baggy fits, probably for the fact that they were just off their tits dancing all night they wanted to have something baggy where it kind of gave them a bit of air. I love this era as well, kind of for fashion in the UK. You've got bands like Stone Roses and like the Happy Mondays as well. Like if you look back at all the old images of these raves that was sort of happening at this time, there is a lot of denim that's sort of coming through there. And a lot of people were kind of customizing their denim looks as well. Um, in the image here, you can even see, I think the guy's got a smiley face. I don't know whether it's a patch or a sticker on the front of it, but obviously the smiley was like a slim symbol for this kind of like acid culture. People were sort of patching them on the back of their jackets or on their coveralls like this or wearing it on as a print on their t-shirts but it wasn't just um coveralls either like you did have some people like the stone roses like they're wearing um baggy kind of like boot cut fits as well and i guess they were probably buying like vintage ones that were sort of happening from like the decades before in like the 70s and but they wore it in this new kind of like bohemian spirit that was the second summer of love i love the look and i'm a big fan of kind of like dance culture so it's very nostalgic to see it 1989 is over and we enter the 90s the golden age of hip-hop on one hand and alternative rock and grunge on the other hand. We are not together in person, Sam, but I already feel your excitement to talk about this decade because we've got some very, very big, huge moods in rap music and we can kick off from the two kings of the East and West Coast. Uh, I'll go for Biggie first. I mean, I've written about his style quite a few times on my page so I'm a big kind of like avid fan of it and I just really love the yeah, this is where you kind of as we spoke about before in the 80s where you mentioned about baggier fits coming through like nothing really compares to what happened during the 90s era and these oversized fits that were sort of coming out of New York and it really became like the definitive kind of like hip-hop look if you think about it when you think of like hip-hop like the golden age of the 90s was all about this kind of like baggy style and New York especially it was very much about this like rugged attitude as well but like oversized tees or like these big plaid shirts people wearing like North Face jackets and then these slouchy jeans as well and then they were either worn with like Air Force Ones or the Timberland boots what Biggie's wearing here. Classic look I guess wearing these like super oversized jeans. I mean he was a big guy anyway but his jeans must have been huge what he was wearing to get this kind of like big baggy look but it wasn't just him either if you look across sort of like what was happening in the landscape of hip-hop at that time like everyone like Mob Deep they were wearing them people like Jay-Z, DMX and like other kind of names so I think if you want to look for more baggy styles you definitely check them out. Also during this time, you've got brands that were emerging within the kind of hip-hop culture as well. So they weren't just wearing like Levi's jeans or anything. A lot of them were starting to wear like the labels like Carl Kanai, you've got Academics and Wu Wear and Pele Pele that were actually coming from the music industry itself and the artists and people that were sort of part of the culture, I guess. Yes, yeah, so what's the trademark of a 
I'd say a lot of them were these kind of like stonewashed looks, like what Biggie's wearing here. Because if you're wearing raw denim and the size like that, it's going to be pretty uncomfortable because the fabric's pretty rigid. Whereas with these softer kind of denim looks, you get this nice stacking, especially if you're putting it over like the boots. But raw denim definitely did come through, as you can see from the two-pack image as well. Like he was well known for wearing brands like Carhartt. And I think workwear at this point as well, it really kind of transcended its original roots of being for kind of working class people and like blue collar workers. But now when hip hop ad adopted it, they really kind of made it their own and gave it this new kind of street attitude. And Tupac himself, like he was wearing, as you can see in the image there, he's wearing denim on the red carpet for some kind of award ceremony, I'm sure. And he was matching it with an insane rugby shirt. Yeah, that kind of like whole preppy look, definitely something as well, what the kind of rap industry co-opted and you can kind of see that in New York as well, that whole low life crew that came out of Brooklyn where they were racking all the stores, like taking Ralph Lauren stuff and looking for inspiration, I guess, from that kind of culture of what Ralph Lauren comes to, but then they were just making it their own. And I love that about hip hop, the fact that they can take these diverse styles and make it their own. If you think about it, it's so weird because preppy culture and hip hop, they look like two universes aside, but some crews were able to find a connection between them. Yeah, I think so, but it's also like super cool as well, because if you look at what's sort of happening in kind of current culture today, a lot of it kind of rests on what these sort of black artists were doing at the time of like taking that kind of preppy style and like reappropriating it with their kind of like new like street attitude. And if you look at what Ralph Lauren's doing now, relying on this kind of like look to kind of like push the sales and keep it relevant for kids. And these artists were definitely ahead of their time. They were at least 20 years ahead of the, their time, considering how contemporary still their looks are. Definitely. I think in particular as well, like the two-pack one, the fact that he's wearing Carhartt, like Carhartt's having a huge boom at the moment um, in youth culture. People looking to buy kind of like these vintage looks that are so kind of typical of the 90s. So we mentioned Carhartt, we mentioned uh, Notorious B.I.G. and New York, Los Angeles. I know that you are eager to travel again, this time to Seattle, because uh, come on, for any kid belonging to the underground scene, alternative scene in the 90s, there was only one icon, Kurt Cobain. Let's talk about his look. Yes, he's definitely another style icon for me in terms of sort of personal style and he's totally known for wearing trashed and worn denim and if you're all like a Nirvana fan I guess it's like it's near impossible to sort of find pictures of Cobain wearing anything but jeans like obviously he's known for wearing like his plaid shirts and he had um, a lot of the kind of mohair cardigans but he practically lived in his Levi's jeans mainly I think like 501s he was wearing but like the Ramones who kind of came before who we talked about Cobain really kind of like pushed this like battered and like dirty look on denim and that was like really testament to kind of the grunge aesthetic of what he defined a lot of the kind of stuff of what Cobain wore as well was always thrifted in the well, at least the early part of his career anyway so I think naturally a lot of his kind of garments had this like worn in like authentic look to it but i love some of the the jeans of what he wore um for some of like the videos like heart shaped box um i think it was like 93 and then there was a like mtv music awards and he's wearing the same pair of jeans but they're these beautiful kind of patched ones that he must have found kind of at a thrift store and they've got all these different kind of patterns and textures there's like velvet on there then there's kind of like some like floral kind of patterns but it's all worn in and vintage i'd do anything to get that pair of jeans myself but there are a lot of brands who have tried to kind of recreate that look Jinya watanabe from japan number nine people like heddy slimane as well 
well, but nothing compares to the original kind of ones what Cobain wore. Another interesting comment I, I was going to say as well is actually the fact that he actually died in a pair of Levi's as well. If you see the old um, police reports, he's wearing a pair of Levi's jeans and it's actually noted in the report, which I thought was quite interesting. A bit morbid, but and I heard that um, they might be up for auction or something as well. So it'd be interesting to see whether Levi's would get them in their archive. Why don't you check them out? Probably they're going to be really expensive. <laughs> I don't know whether I got a £20,000 probably to put down for them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for sure they're going to be really, really expensive. Sam, I am amazed by the way you talk about denim, by your passion, by your knowledge. And this is such an interesting episode for me as well. I feel like I'm learning a lot. And you are an almost infinite source of knowledge on this topic. So I hope our listeners are feeling the same. We need to remind them that they don't need to search for these looks online because we will be sharing an Instagram carousel on our Instagram page, synesthesia underscore podcast, with all the artists and record sleeves we mentioned and Sam described commented and rated just check out synesthesia underscore podcast and that's gonna be really really useful for you and of course check out sam's instagram page samutaro aka one of my favorite pages on instagram so we leave the 90s with carcobain because it sort of marked the end of an era for grunge for sure and also that kind of alternative rock scene which developed in different streams, in different subcultures, especially when the 90s turned into 2000s. And the next big thing after grunge was for sure new metal. And since the beginning of this episode, you mentioned being a new metal fan as a teenager. It's your turn now to talk about that look with a wallet chain hanging from the belt of a triple oversized either Karat or Dickies double front bands. Yes, this is pure teenage nostalgia for me, taking me back to the early 2000s when uh, I was kind of listening to a lot of these bands. You've obviously got yeah, Korn, Limp Bizkit, and Linkin Park, who you got pictured here. Like this was such an amazing time, I think, sort of for music and the subculture that kind of came out of it. You've obviously had like the emergence of like emo that was sort of happening at that time, but then new metal was like the angry kind of counterpart to that. And that's what really kind of like, even if you look at like the whole aesthetic of like new metal, it was so extreme. I picture it and I imagine like the wide trousers, some of my friends having like the facial piercings, there was like coloured dreadlocks even though it was mainly on like white kids and then yeah like wallet chains as well. I'm actually wearing a wallet chain myself now, I feel like I've come full circle even though my look, I'm not wearing like a pair of JNCA jeans or anything but I've got a little kind of nod back I guess to my teenage years with my um, wallet chain on now even though it's uh, our legacy and not one of the ones from like Camden Market or something. <laughs> but as I mentioned, yeah, like JNCO was just like one of those jeans brands that like was so definitive for this era. Those huge kind of like big baggy fits. Um, it's funny to see them all kind of come back on like the memes nowadays as well. And even artists like Little Uzi Vert, I think he's won um, like a similar kind of pair on a red carpet event. And the fact that he's kind of referencing people like Marilyn Manson, it's cool to see that this kind of era of kind of music um, still kind of exists in some form of like popular culture as well. Sam, I have to tell you a secret. Today I'm not recording from London, but I'm recording from my 
my hometown, Cagliari in Sardinia. Sardinia is an island in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. Last Saturday I went on a cycle, it was a beautiful warm day and by our city port there was this kid, he must have been 13, 14 at most. He was skateboarding and he was pulling off a total new metal look. He had dreadlocks, he had the jeans that like extremely oversized jeans you mentioned, an oversized white t-shirt and I asked him to take a picture of him. He looked so out of place but so cool at the same time and I asked him something like are you inspired by new metal by any chance? And it seems like he didn't understand what I said, I felt like a proper boomer. But the look was a new metal look, like a hundred percent. Is it coming back by any chance with the kids these days? I'm not sure if it's going to come back in its kind of original form of how it was before. As I mentioned, there's a lot of hip-hop artists at the moment who are kind of referencing a lot of kind of the 2000s look and I feel like there are certain kind of elements from new metal that they do kind of draw from especially like the iconography of like the t-shirts like the graphic t-shirts of all these bands at the time like they're reworking that into a lot of kind of like their artwork or at least around kind of like I'd say 2016 like 2018 or something that there were a lot of these kind of like references happening but I wouldn't say it's like a major kind of key thing that's influencing style right now sadly not yet you never know not not yet, yet. it could be they say that yeah what trends happen every like 20 25 years so it could be that it's going to be coming back in when we were writing this show this episode you said i absolutely want to talk about britney spears and justin timberlake's total denim look at the vmas in 2001 what's so outstanding about this look when you look at this image it's just like so 2000s the fact that it's not even like stylish the whole looks the fact that it's like this remade denim he's wearing like a denim like tuxedo it's not even kind of like matching jeans and jacket and it's really like ill-fitted blazer and then britney's dress as well it's just super trashy but that's what was so amazing about that time in uh fashion and music i guess like even his hat i really want to recreate this look one day uh, hopefully my wife would allow me to go out with her wearing this if there was a event that came up where we could wear it but yeah it's just it's amazing and it's just definitely a once in a lifetime kind of thing that's happened in denim that never be forgotten forgotten well hopefully october 31st 2022 halloween party in london you can pull off this fit with your wife <laughs> i think i definitely need to do it. i need to see if i can get a denim brand that will make it for me hopefully yeah by next year there'll actually be some parties happening so we can go out again so if you see uh, someone uh, dressed like Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake at the VMAs in 2001, hanging around either London or Los Angeles, depending on where Sam will be, it's Sam and his wife. Be sure about it. We are in the 2000s, still very rich uh, decade in terms of denim and music, because there are a lot of uh, movements, a lot of uh, subcultures to talk about. We mentioned new metal and bands like Corn, Limp Bizkit and Linkin Park. We touched the pop music, mentioning Justin and Britney at the BMAs. Now we need to talk about what was happening in Williamsburg and East London, roughly Brick Lane, Shoreditch, from 2001 on, when the hipster world became a thing. 
and there were a lot of uh, bands uh, that kind of gravitated around that mm, subculture or just uh, I don't know vibe bands like uh, The Strokes Is This It their debut album was released in 2001 Libertines uh, Horrors uh, Arctic Monkeys after almost 30 years uh, with this uh, garage rock revival they brought back uh, that rolled up skinny jeans uh, paired with leather and denim jackets if you think back to this era and um, music and fashion it's definitely the skinny jeans um, an item that dominated it I wouldn't say that uh, these bands are the first ones to do it because as we mentioned in the first episode they were definitely like the punk rockers like the Ramones and people like David Bowie even like were wearing kind of like skinny jeans and Iggy, Iggy Pop but this second I guess like ascent of the skinny um, that sort of like began in the 2000s was definitely still subversive um, and an outsider kind of look um, I mean it was a lot of guys that were wearing these skinny jeans and it was definitely challenging I guess the kind of attitudes and notions of what masculinity was at that, that time yeah if you picture like Julian Casablanca's look like the super tight black skinny jeans it was definitely kind of like a typical look of what he'd kind of like wear at that time and you wanted um, to talk about the horrors as well yeah, I think what was happening in London as well, you had kind of like the whole new rave scene and you had people like um, Fallout Boy and then obviously like Brendan Urie or like Panic at the Disco. But then you also had like the horrors as well. And they had this even more kind of like dark style and they were wearing eyeliner. They had this crazy kind of like long hair and they almost had this kind of like gang look to them. I guess it almost like nodded back to like the Ramones of having this kind of uniform, like they all dressed in black and they all wore super skinny jeans as well. And I think the style of like what they were doing at that time, it really kind of influenced people like Hedy Slimane and like the work of what he was doing, like a Dior Homme at the time. And he definitely referenced bands like The Horrors um, and other ones like These New Puritans. And I think these guys are really creating this new kind of subversive look as well and creating a new look, I guess, of what anti-rock star kind of persona could look like. When do you think this look from the nowadays will come back again? I still like feel that the skinny jean, if you look at, if you kind of like track it from when it kind of came in during like the 2000s here, it didn't really catch on as like a mainstream item, I'd say, in menswear until at least sort of like the mid 2010s, I'd say. I think it's really interesting. You are mentioning how skinny jeans were appropriated by mainstream culture later on because uh, the next artist we want to talk about is uh, Kanye, the representative of uh, rap's golden era after the 90s. And Kanye can be considered one of the first uh, very mainstream artists to use skinny jeans but in a very different way. Yeah, so I think, as I mentioned, think about a lot of the bands that were kind of wearing it in sort of like the early 2000s, it was like these skinny kind of like white kids or even people like Dev from Blood Orange, he had a a band before that as well based out in East London. He was wearing sort of skinny jeans back then as well. But if you compare that to what was sort of happening, a Lightspeed Champion, that was the name of this band, it just slipped my mind then. Um, But if you compare that to kind of like the hyper kind of masculine ideals of what hip hop was all about and it being kind of like the baggy jeans, but even during like the sort of same time sort of the early 2000s then, it was all about kind of like true religion jeans and they were kind of like baggier. By the time the skinny jeans actually catch on in hip hop, it's good kind of like 10 years later, if not longer. And the fact that, yeah, it's taken people like Kanye to kind of adopt that look. Kanye himself, like he was saying at this time when rap was really kind of like peaking and becoming super kind of mainstream, the fact that he was saying that 
uh, like rappers of the new rock stars and it was kind of I guess reflected in the style of what he was wearing like he was wearing the Saint Laurent jeans I think in this image here where he was wearing like Balmain APC and the fact that he's probably taking note of some of kind of like the, the styles of what were kind of worn by like rock stars the previous era but again they're co-opting that style and then making it his own because it's totally unique in what he was kind of wearing at that time um, he's obviously wearing like a kind of a baggier t-shirt and he's got the kind of Yeezy or a Bisbon jacket on there but again even the stuff I think because that Yeezy tour as well there's all that artwork that kind of like nods back to kind of like Americana kind of style they had that is it Wes Lang I think the artist who did a lot of the stuff and it had all these skulls and then confederate flags and like skeletons and things like that that kind of like nod to this kind of almost like I guess some of it's almost like redneck some of it or he was kind of interested in designer fashion at this point as well wearing kind of stuff like from Margiela or Helmut Lang as well so it's quite interesting to see how he was diversifying sort of the landscape of um, what a male rapper could be and what the style was. They look like the Amiri jeans that some rappers are using nowadays. Yeah, I mean, he set that kind of blueprint for that look that, I mean, he was wearing Saint Laurent and obviously Hedy Slimane created that look, but Mike Amiri completely jumped in that style once Hedy Slimane left um, Saint Laurent. He just ran with that kind of look and um, it's presented still, yeah, in hip hop now. We've had enough of this look, haven't we? I think, yeah. I remember one of your uh, Instagram posts against this uh, trend of uh, rappers in 2020 still using very skinny ripped jeans with the Balenciaga sneakers creating this uh, clash between a very very tight and narrow silhouette in their legs and these huge shoes. Yeah it's definitely something that's become uh, a big look in hip-hop. You've got people like Gunner and other rappers that are kind of like rocking that look still at the moment but I think yeah skinny jeans probably a, a dead item for me right now. We are almost at the end of our journey so we are entering 2020 but first there is one more artist I would love to talk about from the tens or the teens however you call them and it's Mac DeMarco because we mentioned Kurt Cobain's trick style and I feel like uh, also Mac DeMarco was a style icon himself in those years. What do you think about his style? Yeah, I think he was definitely kind of like the, the poster boy for that grungy revival of like 90s style that kind of happened at that time. He, I guess, it came off almost like the back of that whole normcore movement as well, didn't it? People going back to that kind of more basic like 90s style, like obviously Stonewash Denim is like a big part of that. And then he had like the dad shoes and it's very kind of like low-key style. But I guess what Mac DeMarco was doing was a bit more of like uh, like kind of slacker style, almost like something like what your, your dad would wear. You've got these big baggy denim shirts, very kind of slouchy style. And then, as he said, wearing things like bands with it as well. Didn't he do something called like baby wearing blue jeans? So he's obviously got like an affinity for denim. Yes, and it's also interesting how he approaches clothing and fashion in a funny way. I mean, he dresses with irony. Do you get Definitely. What? I've seen him play a couple of times. Um, when I've been to Primavera, he always played kind of this afternoon set. And I'm not like a, I wouldn't say I'm like a diehard Mac DeMarco fan, but going to see him live and he's always kind of like, fucking around on stage and like having a laugh and I think that definitely kind of like reflects kind of like his style and it's a bit more kind of laid back. If there is a brand right now that would match Mac DeMarco's vibe perfectly, it's possibly online ceramics. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a good one. 
and might kind of represent it. I think his look's totally been co-opted by like the likes of people like Urban Outfitters. They totally jumped on that vintage style. But yeah, online ceramics is definitely a cooler one. <laughs> Sam, we are almost at the end line of this journey, which has been uh, as long as one of your daily runs. I want to remind the audience that Sam is a semi-professional runner. And this week he ran 100K in six days in London and he's also very fast. How has this run been so far? This run through the denim history and music? I've really enjoyed it. It's so fun to sort of go back and trace um, how it's kind of evolved over the years. Obviously, I do it a lot kind of for my daily work, but it's always yeah, amazing just to go back and trace it all again. So you enjoyed the ride and now it's all about you. So I would just like you to talk about uh, whatever artist uh, impressed you because of their denim style in uh, 2020. I guess some of the artists who are kind of impressing me right now, like ASAP Rocky, Travis Scott, even people like Migos and they're wearing clothes like Capital, which is a Japanese label. And traditionally that's one that's sort of been reserved for more kind of like purist denim heads, but it's been cool to see like rappers adopting the style and wearing it in a more kind of like streetwear aesthetic. Even stuff like Chrome Hearts as well. I'm a big fan of what they do and like the, they take vintage Levi's jeans and then they rework them with like their classic um, Iron Cross like patches. Um, and they've become super popular. They're like five grand to sort of buy them, but they've become one of the most sort of coveted jeans at the moment. And also just the interest, I guess, in like archive designer style as well. I notice a lot of rappers sort of buying back into a lot of like the vintage pieces um, and mixing that up with streetwear as well. Playboy Carty is another one that I'm really sort of loving at the moment. And he kind of like references back sort of, sort of punk looks of like the late 70s and sort of mixing it with this new kind of, I guess, vampire look. So he wears a lot of stuff like Rick Owens and Elite Studio. And it would be like slimmer kind of like denim with like wax finishes or even wearing like leather pants as well. Um, and that definitely nods back to kind of like the early era of hip hop as well as kind of punk because if you look back, people like Sugar Hill Gang, like they were wearing leather pants like when the birth of hip hop happened. So it's interesting to see how that's almost come full circle now. And we come full circle also because uh, baggy jeans are back into fashion, aren't they? Yeah, the skinny jean right now, apart from a few rappers like Baby or Gunner who are still adamantly sort of like pushing for that style. But I think just, yeah, not just in hip hop, but in men's or in general, that people were going for more kind of like classic regular fits. I'm not sure whether we'll go back sort of to the super kind of like baggy looks of what we saw in the 90s. There definitely are some artists who are kind of like pushing that look. And I know it's sort of in skateboarding at the moment. It's having definitely a moment for the baggier one. But I think in hip hop, because it's going more in this kind of like designer kind of like style that guys are still wanting a, a fit that's a bit more kind of like contour to the body. We saw artists like uh, Tyler, the creator, wearing jeans with like fit loose jeans with uh, loafers or socks and yeah. sandals. How do you rate? Yeah, I, lo I love I love Tyler's style and I think it's cool. He's going completely against the grain of what everyone else in hip hop's wearing at the moment. Like he's got this more kind of like, I guess, like preppy attitude. It's a bit kind of like bookish or um, yeah, nods to a bit more kind of like cleaner retro looks. Um, he did a collaboration with Levi's recently and he took a pair of like their kind of baggy like 90s bits and printed them with these amazing kind of 
polka dot prints and these multicolors, really kind of like uplifting and a new kind of like style that's different from what you typically expect from a rapper. In the first half of this episode, we mentioned the Summer of Love, 1967, and we went, we visited Woodstock in 1969 to talk about Jimi Hendrix flared jeans look on Woodstock stage. And we both agreed with the fact that there is definitely a revival of the late 60s, 70s in fashion. In fact, I would like to close this episode asking you a question about Harry Styles because last month, just last month, GQ launched a poll basically on their Instagram stories to vote for the most stylish man of the year. And Harry Styles, who is an artist and musician, came out as the winner. How do you rate his style as a Gucci icon and as an artist who has embraced fully this 60s, 70s revival? Yeah, I think he definitely really kind of suits that aesthetic of what Gucci's pushing at the moment and it's definitely his looks different from kind of like typical kind of pop stars um what's what they're wearing right now he's got that kind of like more bohemian kind of look um i don't know for me personally i'm not a huge fan of it i don't think that he kind of like wears it in the same way as what like what keith richards is kind of what the look of what he's kind of guess trying to sort of like emulate a little bit he does i don't see he has the same kind of like attitude as like those artists who kind of wore it before and the original kind of look. But what I do think is quite cool is the fact that he's um, embracing the more kind of like inclusive style, I guess, like the fact that he wears more feminine styles as well. And that's only a good thing, I guess, for other younger kids who want to kind of not be tied to traditional kind of gender codes. You are anticipating the future and the very, very last question. What lies ahead for the future of denim in contemporary music? I think at the moment there's definitely a renewed interest um, in vintage people becoming more conscious and sort of socially aware of the impact of fashion um, and the purchasing habits and the impact that has on the environment. Um, not only that, but people are looking to have um, more kind of knowledge-based purchases as well. So I think that people are starting to take more notice on archive fashion and getting to know sort of designers from the past um, as a way to kind of stand out rather than just typically buying things off the rack that anyone can buy. People are starting to buy sort of vintage pieces that are kind of a bit more unique and one-off. And that's definitely sort of happening within the hip-hop community at the moment, as well as greater streetwear. Um, so I see that as something that's definitely going to influence it. So it's going to drive a lot more of a unique kind of like styling aspect, what people are kind of wearing. What a great journey. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been really great to sort of look back on the past and go through all these kind of like iconic moments in denim. When I introduced you to the audience in the first half of the episode, I said that we were about to embark in a Lexio Magistralis on denim culture and music. And this was indeed a uniclass of two hours in which you shared with us your knowledge some really really interesting 
and uh, thoughtful anecdotes, uh, quotes, uh, artists, outfits, record sleeves, uh, anything really. It was a privilege for me to have you as a guest. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for taking part in Synesthesia and uh, I hope we will be able to record other episodes on other topics in the future. What do you think? Definitely. I'm definitely down to explore more around yeah, stuff outside of denim and the other kind of impact that fashion's had in um, music. Stay tuned. Let's see what happens next. Thanks a lot everyone for listening to this uh, almost two hours long uh, journey throughout the history of denim in music. Thanks a lot Sam once again and goodbye everyone. We are finally done. Great. Thank you very much Enrico and thanks everyone for listening. You just listened to Synesthesia, the artist behind the artist. Subscribe to our channel and follow us on Instagram at synesthesia underscore podcast.